This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Toll-free number 855-453, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that you have waiting for you there. Uh, Once again, freetalklive.com. You get to control the content of our website. All you have to do is log in, which, of course, accounts are free. And then you can submit to the site what you would like. Uh, For instance, maybe a YouTube video, a blog post, a news item, something that you found online that you think is pretty useful, interesting, fun, whatever. Whatever you think our listeners would uh, would also enjoy and whatever you think we would enjoy as well. Uh, You can do all that over at freetalklive.com. Then once you submit it, it comes up on the upcoming stories page on the website, which allows other listeners to vote on whether they like or dislike what you've submitted. You get to vote on things as well. And the most voted up will make it to the front page and the top of our site. So go to freetalklive.com. With you tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. And we're going to go into a special guest, actually, to start the show out with. Um, Mark, you put this one together. It was somebody you were going to be having on uh, the Edgington Post, which is your interview series uh, that you've been doing. And you suggested I might want to be here for this because it's about the TSA being as how uh, last for this past Friday I was held up at Newark Airport as I missed a plane because the TSA decided to give me a uh, a pat down, a super secret special search, uh, right at the gate. Actually, they pulled me away from the gate for uh, several minutes and ostensibly told United to hold the plane. Uh, they did not hold the plane. The plane went ahead and took off while I was uh, walking back from uh, from being searched. And so you brought you brought someone on board. Who is it that uh, we're going to be talking this to? This is uh, Stephen Freshling, better known as Fish. Okay, and is he a reporter? Or? Yeah, he's, he's a reporter with, you know, I think he's an independent reporter. He's mm-hmm. got his own blog post. It's flyingwithfish and uh, you can, or flyingwithfish.com. Can you bring him on? Yeah, he's right here. Stephen? Uh, do we call you Stephen or Fish? You know, whatever you choose, I've been called Fish since I was four years old. Great. All right. Well, Fish, uh, now what's the blog all about? Tell me about it. Uh, uh, well, I, first off, I, I've been covering aviation security since September 15, 2001, and I've been covering the TSA since November 19, 2001, uh, about four hours before they actually officially existed. <laughs> gotcha. Um, so uh, my blog, however, Flying with Fish, was originally created to help 10 photographer friends of mine travel more effectively um, because I used to commute from Connecticut to California three days a week, which is a not-so-fun commute. No. Um, yeah. But I started covering what I what I used to do, which was about aviation security issues and all other issues. Um, and and uh, originally, I thought I had maybe ten or twelve, possibly fourteen readers ever, and probably my mother in there somewhere. Um, and, and then I got a call from um, the New York Times and Forbes and Good Morning America uh, because I had been interviewing airport thieves, trying to figure out exactly how they steal for a living in airports. Um, However, it's now morphed into one of those, honestly, I get emails from people asking me quite literally, I read your blog every day, what is your blog about? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, I cover aviation security extensively. Uh, I cover Middle Eastern Airlines fairly extensively. Um, You know, and and what's interesting is where people always say the TSA is after me. Uh, I'm one of those, I literally had... Two TSA special agents from the Office of Law Enforcement, who were both former Secret Service, in my house three times in two days, who removed my computer, uh, had the Secret Service strip my hard drive um, because I had published a a security directive, um, which 
the legality of it was if you work in the industry, you can't publish it, but I don't technically work in the industry. Thereby, I'm fair game. Um, they were trying to figure it send it to me. I mean, I've published other security directives. Um, possibly my favorite is publishing a directive three days before it was released internally. Um, and when I contacted the agency, and said, look, I'm reading the directive. You guys are going to ban printer cartridge ink. On Monday at 12 noon, here is the directive number. Can I get a comment? The mm. official comment back was, that's ridiculous. Why would we do that? <laughs> and? and then on Monday, it was made official, and I was correct. They were they, they, they telling me, you're going to look like an idiot. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. Right. Um, so, I mean, when people say the TSA is after them, I said, they've been in my house. I have been detained at airports, not patted down. I have been physically detained and told you cannot leave the terminal by the Office of Law Enforcement. Um, and other such issues, I mean, there was something another journalist covered about me where we had physical proof that TSA was in my email, reading my email without a warrant. Wow. And um, so they've targeted you because you blogged about them, basically. You know, they targeted anybody with a logical brain and security would say you want to know where I'm getting the information from, actually. And honestly, if you read my blog post um, about Ian getting stopped, Nowhere online did you ever say what airport you were at. And if you read my blog post, I point out that at 7.45 a.m., you were stopped at gate 109 at Newark. When he called me on the phone, he knew what gate we were at. He was just verifying the air, um, airport. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he seemed I was, to... I was verifying. I'm sorry, Fish. Fish, we're going to have a little cutout with your phone there. Um, can you f- find some better place to stand or something? Lift one leg or something? Uh, What's that? Is that better? Yeah, it seems like better? it's better. Yep. Okay. Okay. Um, you, you know, when I called, I, I was calling to verify your flight number. Um, I, I had, all, I, I needed to verify that you were on United Flight 4191 from Newark. Okay. But nowhere else online had anybody ever mentioned even what airport you were at. Um, and I got this information from somebody who was able to track down that you were patted down by a behavior detection officer at 745 a.m. at gate 109. Interesting. So when I say that I cover the TSA fairly extensively and I have moles in yeah. the agency that give me a lot of good information, I'm pretty good at what I do. Sounds like it. So, uh, yeah, and, and this is what I I didn't even for. know what flight I was on. Yeah, nice. I didn't either. I had to go look at the ticket. Um, so I had to, and he like gave me choices. It really seemed like this guy knew what he was talking about. He could very well be a government plant for all I know, but, I mean, seems like he knows what he's talking about. What I did on Friday, and I don't care if you are, um, If what I did on Friday, though, is I asked for, a, um, for anybody to call in and please pull me down off this ledge because what I believe is... That uh, Ian has been targeted for speech issues. And the reason I believe that is I'm a convicted killer having spent nine years in prison and they're pulling Ian over and shaking him down. So therefore, it can't be his minuscule little arrest record that they were shaking him down for. It must be the fact that he is the more radical of the two on Free Talk Live. That was the conclusion that I came to. It's not. um, The the TSA has something called the Paris system, the performance and results information system kind of works hand in hand with what the DHS calls the tactical information sharing system or the TIS system. What they do is they scrub for information. And the reason Ian gets pulled over and stopped has everything to do with, I mean, his charges are minor, but it's the frequency in which the cluster of charges exist. The computer looks at the system and basically says, this guy was nailed 
three times in a single morning for contempt of court. Mm-hmm. Four years, On four or five day. years ago, though. Well, I was arrested four times in 2010. Well, that's it. It happens in clusters. It looks at, at arrest, conviction, jail, all this information, and it happens in clusters. So the murderer never gets stopped because that happened years ago. You haven't done anything since. Um, it's basically one thing versus multiple, multiple issues simultaneously. So I, I, I basically, somebody within their system gave me a complete breakdown of how the system is looking at Ian, mm-hmm. um, which is quite fascinating. Um, I was aware of both the Paris system and the TIS system previously, and only really to see why I wasn't being stopped. <laughs> at one point, um, you, you know, when you have the feds in your house and then you're detained at an airport shortly afterwards, you start wondering, when am I going to start having a problem at the airport? Sounds and reasonable. So told, it's so basically, you're saying this isn't because of what I've said on the air, as per Mark's suggestion, but because I'm a enemy of the state and an active uh, participant in civil disobedience, and therefore have a fairly decent recent criminal history in their system, even though I haven't harmed anyone else, but just because I have. I have items on that list. It's how the software works. I've actually written about issues with how they look for things previously. Um, I mean, the TSA loves to talk about their BDOs, their behavior detection officers. Stand by, if you Um, don't mind. Hang on. I want to bring you back here if you can stick with us for a little bit. Uh, We've got more with Fish here in a moment. And if you've got a question for him, uh, do you mind taking calls in case somebody calls in? Absolutely. All right. 855-450-FREE. It's free talk. Got vampires, zombies ruining the neighborhood. From weapons expert Larry Correa, a new installment in the New York Times best-selling Monster Hunter series, Monster Hunter Legion. Publishers Weekly says this light-hearted testosterone soap sequel to 2009's Monster Hunter International will delight fans of action horror with elaborate weaponry, hand-to-hand combat, disgusting monsters, and an endless stream of blood and body parts. Monster Hunter Legion, on sale now wherever books are sold. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Though, as we do when our guests, uh, we do have a guest on the show, which is pretty rare. Uh, We don't really do guests very often on Free Talk Live. Uh, But when we do have a guest on, your calls for the guest come first. After that, it'll be open phones as always, and you can bring up anything at 855-450-FREE, Free Talk Live. And those toll-free lines are brought to you by SACL CAI. Yep, Sakel's CAI is a company that handles accounts receivable. If you have a business and accounts receivable is a drag for you, Sakel CAI can handle it. The uh, good folks over there uh, will uh, take care of things. Jason Osborne is one of the principals, and he's a big supporter of Liberty, big supporter of Free Talk Live, so give them your business. It's Sakel CAI. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page, Sakel CAI. Well, uh, we've got a gentleman on the line here with us. His name is Fish, uh, Stephen Frischling, and his website is flyingwithfish.com, Stephen? It is .com. Flyingwithfish.com. You've racked up, according to your bio here, over 1 million miles since you started to track it back in 2005. And so you're somebody who's had a lot of experience with uh, being in and out of TSA checkpoints and actually apparently... Uh, having the feds even come into your home and raid your computer for information because I guess they don't like that you're publishing things about them or publishing memos that uh, haven't even been officially released yet. When somebody gets 
on a plane with a bomb in their underwear, they typically don't like somebody else seeing their security directive and publishing it and telling people how to get around it. Yeah, and so they've attempted to intimidate you, and apparently that hasn't worked because you continue to uh, to report on well, this. They, they, they were actually getting very angry. I, they were sitting in my house late at night, um, and I was tweeting everything they were talking to me about. You were what? <laughs> like, tweeting it? I, I'm sitting there with my, my iPhone tweeting out everything that's going on, and they go, what are you doing? I'm tweeting it. Stop. No. You know, it's, you're here with a civil subpoena, not a criminal warrant, hmm. and you're in my house. So, you know... <laughs> You know, it was a, uh, it was an interesting experience. What's interesting is is there's a gentleman, Chris Elliott, um, who's a travel journalist who is, uh, or I think he still is, the National Geographic traveler ombudsman. He writes for the Washington Post and other people, um, and he had the TSA come to his house once, and he had just called me, and said, "Look, they were just here about the directive because we published it like, I want like a minute and a half apart from each other," hmm. and I said, "No, I haven't seen a thing." And with that, I watched a Typical government sedan pulled into my driveway and was like, I've got to go. They're here. You know, it was sort of surreal <laughs> to have him saying, they're coming. You know, no, I'm fine. Oh, no, they're a fed here. Um, did, so, did you have kids at that oh, point? I still have three kids. They, did, they were here. They were around. My uh, my youngest was with me the whole time because um, I was home alone for most of it. Uh, the other two were upstairs, but it was uh, – and then they came back twice the next day and, and removed my computer from my house. Um, I brought it to a Secret Service lab who, uh, by definition, should have not physically entered the computer. However, they not only physically removed my hard drive, they screwed the whole thing up oh, because they gave, me the, they gave me the cloned hard drive back into my computer, which I only know about because it stopped working. And I called my local repair place who had just replaced my hard drive and went, this isn't your hard drive. The serial number doesn't match. Wow. And the uh, the technician from the Secret Service had initialed the inside of, initialed and dated as per protocol the inside of my computer and the hard drive. So you're saying they weren't supposed to go into your physically into your computer, but they did anyway. They were allowed to enter only if they did it basically by a data cable. They could clone it through a cable, not not physically into the computer. They physically entered the computer, removed the hard drive, and gave me the cloned hard drive back. Well, it's not like you can do anything about it. Right? I guess you're not good friends with very, really high powered lawyers, huh? job is defending people against the CIA. Um, he happened to be really good friends with my brother. So he, I didn't call anybody except my brother. other brother is a lawyer. And uh, my brother's friend, who only deals with federal security issues, saw me in the New York Times and the Washington Post and went, your brother has his TSA in his house. Why isn't he calling me? This is what I do for a living. Hmm. So, uh, so is that case, are you counter-suing them or something? Or what's going on there? Uh, we had an out-of-court agreement uh, that they will... Uh. Um, go away. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm still waiting for them to come back for certain things. I mean, uh, there are things like the whole knife issue. Um, very often when I travel, I will photograph a knife that I constantly fly with for the past three years mm-hmm. in airports, on planes, and either tweet it, blog it, and I always make sure if it's on Twitter to send it directly to the TSA to see that, to show them, this is the flight I am on, here is the knife. I am, you know, I, I sent a picture to a Wall Street Journal journalist because he was joking with the knife the night before with me uh, at a restaurant, and I sent him a picture the next morning and said, here I am at Chicago here, you know, airport, it's like 7.30 in the morning, I'm at gate 16, here's me and my knife with the knife open in front of a picture of a plane. <laughs> so I do this, I do this Constantly, it's one of those like, when are you guys going to see this and show up at the gate? How many times? Reason, how many times have you gotten through TSA security <laughs> with the knife? 
Oh, well over 300. Now, now, how many times have they caught you? Never. <laughs> um, you know, what, what, and there's somebody I don't Is it just well, well, point of clarification? Is it in your bag, your carry-on bag that they're they're scanning, or is it on your person? It's out in public on my keychain. And the, the keychain right is my keychain. So it's right there in that little bin. You you just put it yeah. in there with the rest of your keys. With my phone, yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, you know, and, and there, one, <laughs> and I should state that I cover the TSA in a very neutral manner. Um, and I, I've mentioned this to Mark previously. When they are being wronged in the media, I will defend them to no end. However, the other way around, I will go after them like a rabid pit bull. Um, mm. Because the only way change is ever going to happen is that if the real instances come to light. Because I, I agree with that completely. And, you know, one of the things about this is, uh, you know, what our concern was is that Ian's name was on, uh, like, the terrorist watch list. This uh, this for, this thing that uh, has been reported on numerous times, at least in, in the past. I haven't heard it about it recently, where people will basically get harassed if their name's on the list. And oh, yeah. your claim is there is no terrorist watch list. Well, there is a no-fly list. There legitimately is a no-fly list. And right. if you're on the no-fly list, you're not getting on a plane. Right. Um, I mean, a funny thing to me is that it's happened to me seven times, not entering Japan, but leaving Japan. I would be stopped because there is a Canadian gentleman with a name very similar to mine um, who matches a physical description to me, never mind he's Canadian and 10 years older. But I am stopped because they figure, by a number of aspects, I could be him. He is wanted for investigation due to a securities, a stock and securities issue in Japan. Okay, so Japan's um, catching them, catching you. But I always find it interesting that I was always stopped leaving Japan, never entering Japan. So <laughs> um, somebody finally, and I kept asking, and someone explained to me that we're looking for a Canadian gentleman who basically name is similar. Not, exa- I have a very unique name. It's hard to find someone with my name. Um, but it was like you're close enough that we're just stopping and making sure you're not him. So, so where did this this legend of the uh, terrorist watch list come from? Uh, it came from the actual no fly list, okay. um, which they they purged thousands and thousands of people from because there were people who, I, I mean, at one point. Senator Kennedy was on, the, was on the terrorist list. Right. Yeah, I remember there was a story about I mean, a nun that was on that list or something. Like and a three-year-old nun. There were numerous kids between ages like birth and like five. Or sorry, it's like the kid's seven months old. I love the knives. Uh, I love the knives. Three hundred plus times, zero <laughs> times did they catch it. And you're even tweeting to them that you have the knife at the gate, and they do nothing about it. Yep. <laughs> That's uh, flying with flish, uh, flyingwithfish.com. Stephen Frischling, thanks for coming on Free Talk Live tonight. Really appreciate your time and expertise. My pleasure. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. Keep up the good work out there. 855-450. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. 
Toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. And enjoy the features that we have waiting for you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. Those features include archives, so you can go back in time and listen to a lot of Free Talk Live, going all the way back to late 2006. Uh, You can just click and download. They're yours right there on the front page of the site, freetalklive.com. Get as many archives as you like. There's no cost to you except for the time it takes to click those download links over at freetalklive.com. No logging in required. There's no membership fee. You don't have to jump through hoops. You're not forced to watch advertising. It's really free at freetalklive.com. And I want to make sure you know about Bitcoin. Bitcoins are an online, open source, peer-to-peer digital currency. They are money for the internet. They allow you to – the Bitcoin software, which is the same thing as the Bitcoin currency – you know, Bitcoin. There, it's, it's two Bitcoins. Two things. It's a uh, software and it's currency. And you can send and receive money without paying any fees. And you have complete control over your bank account. No bank or government agency or whatever can get in your account. You, uh, you know, it, it gives you complete control as a merchant. No chargebacks. Bitcoins are a final transaction, and. That makes them really nice in a lot of ways. You should go find out about Bitcoins by going to weusecoins.org. And to get a free Bitcoin wallet, go to blockchain.info. The blockchain wallet is you know, encrypted right inside your browser. They don't know how much money you've got in your account or anything like that. It gives you complete control in that way. You don't have to worry about security on your computer uh, with the uh, blockchain wallet. And then with the blockchain wallet, you can send Bitcoins to people via their email or your Facebook friends or to anyone's cell phone number in just about any country around the world. It's all for free. It's your free Bitcoin wallet today at blockchain.info. All right, so uh, the toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE. There was a story that I wanted to talk about on Saturday night that we didn't get a chance to get to. That's just how the show goes. Sometimes we bring stuff in to talk about, and then you call about what you want, and you can do that because that's the point of the show, Free Talk Live, open phones anytime, seven nights a week. We're live from 7 to 10 Eastern. So what I wanted to discuss was a follow-up, actually, on a story that we discussed over the summer. Now... There were some protests going on in the Northwest, and some you know self-professed anarchists were involved in that, as you may recall. Uh, the these protests now these are the black and red anarchists, the people that uh, you know socialists pretending to be anarchists. Kind I'm of going folks. to presume that that's who we're talking about here. Um, I mean, I can't say absolutely for certain what the political viewpoint it's of true. these individuals is. But uh, there were some protests going on, and as a result of that, they raided some homes of some uh, some supposed anarchists in the Northwest. You may recall we discussed this. They came in with uh, you know a serious squad of uh, cops dressed in military fatigues, with machine guns and battle helmets and the whole deal. And why were they raiding these homes? Well, they were looking for what they claimed was anarchist literature. You remember the story? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's very disturbing that the police in this country might be going into people's homes looking for any type of literature. I mean, I suppose bomb-making literature some people might let pass by, but I, as far as I'm concerned, freedom of the press means freedom of the press, and that cl- includes information on how to build a nuclear weapon. So the story 
was disturbing enough on its own. The idea that they are just going into political dissidents' houses and taking their stuff. No one was charged with anything. They were not looking for someone to arrest them for destroying a storefront window or setting a building on fire as some people who claim to be anarchists might do, as we've seen previously. They were not after them for any kind of actual crime. They just wanted to take their literature. It's crazy. But now we know what else has been going on in that particular case. And what's been going on is that the um, these people that they've been targeting have been targeted further. They did finally come after them. But what they came after them for was to bring them in front of a grand jury for some sort of a questioning. Some federal grand jury for a bit questioning. of an inquisition. Yeah. And essentially, the three people that have thus far been put into federal prison have done so or have been put into prison because they did not cooperate with the grand jury's questioning. Because they thought, as many of us do, that they had the right to remain silent. Apparently not. Turns out you don't have that right. As we've learned here in New Hampshire, as happened to Jim Johnson, who is the husband of Lauren Canario. Also, it happened to Lauren at at some point in the past as well. But uh, there was one time when Jim Johnson was in court. He'd been found guilty of uh, the trespass of 12 situation where I was arrested and Jim and uh, 10 other people at the jail for walking around the jail. He was found guilty in that situation and was assessed some sort of a fine, like $300 or something like that. And the question was asked of Jim as to whether or not he could pay the fine. He did not answer the question. Uh, he, well, well, he told them that he refused to pay, but they wanted to know whether or not he could pay. And they demanded that he fill out a financial affidavit. It's a two-page, uh, you know, front and back, uh, two-page, one-sheet, two-page uh, affidavit asking you about, you know, do you own any assets? Do you have a house? Do you have bank accounts? What kind of assets do you have? Tell us about it. And the idea is you give them this information, and then they will determine whether or not you can pay the fine. So Jim decided he didn't want to testify against himself, you know, Fifth Amendment right to self-incrimination and all that. And he didn't. He didn't fill out this form. Well, as you may recall, they put Jim in a jail, uh, jail cell. Yep. Sure in did. solitary confinement Yep. for three weeks of his life until his wife finally broke down and scrounged up some money and ponied it up to get him out. That's what happened. There was no right to remain silent. It was, you either fill this form out, or you're going to sit in a cage until we feel like letting you out. So Because it's contempt of court. There's no limit to the amount of time you can spend in jail on that. Uh, yeah, they'll just keep, just keep you locked up. So that was a that was a shocker for me, right? Like uh, it's hard for me to be shocked by a lot of the things the government does, but that was one of the those shocker kind of moments for me like, whoa. Didn't they don't they say every time they arrest somebody, you have a right to remain silent? Well, actually the truth is they don't. Uh not every time they arrest you. They're supposed to tell you that before they question you. Those are the the Miranda rights, mm-hmm. and the only time they have to read your Miranda rights to you is if they're going to engage in questioning. If they're not going to question you, then they're, they don't have to read you that right. But everybody's heard this a million times, right? They've, you've heard it on cops, on television. You've heard it on every Hollywood movie. You've heard it on television cop shows. I mean, it's, it's pretty constant. You have the right to remain silent. Most Americans don't know what their rights are. But I think if you ask them about that one, they've heard of it before. I, I'm going to go out on that limb and say most Americans have heard of that one. I think you're right. Yeah. But it's nonsense. It's totally not true. And now there's a young lady and a couple of her friends 
who are going to be spending 18 months in federal prison for exercising the supposed right to remain silent. Here's a story from Salon.com. Today is October 10th, 2012, and I'm ready to go to prison, announced 24-year-old Leah Lynn Plant yesterday. By Thursday morning, the Portland activist was in custody and could remain incarcerated in federal prison for 18 months, although she has not been charged with a crime. Along with uh, two others in the Pacific Northwest, Plant was, maybe it's Plante, P-L-A-N-T-E, I don't know. Plant was remanded into federal custody for her refusal to provide a grand jury testimony regarding activists in the region. Matt Duran and Tio Olgnik were jailed in previous weeks for, like Plant, refusing to cooperate with a grand jury. All three are now being held in federal prison because, not because they're being punished for crime, but as the National Lawyers Guild Executive Director Heidi Boghossian told me earlier this year, to coerce cooperation. Writing for Truth Out in August about the Northwest Grand Juries and those resisting cooperation, I noted that grand juries are among the blackest boxes in the federal judiciary system. The closed-door procedures are rare instances in which an individual loses the right to remain silent. I don't think it's that rare. 855-453, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can be compelled to testify or... Or else. We'll give you more about her story and what she's going through, what she went through, and what others are as well. It's Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. You likely buy all kinds of things online. Amazon is the largest online retailer. You can get what you need at the same prices with free super saver shipping by going to shop.freetalklive.com. Please do your online shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you are invited to take control of the airwaves if you like. 855-453, the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. Here in the studio with you tonight, it's Ian and Mark sharing with you a really disturbing story. One of the uh, most outrageous, I think, that I've that I can recently recall. I mean, the government just keeps topping itself and how ridiculous and uh, and horrible that it can be to innocent, peaceful people who've never harmed another human being, and in this case, are not even accused of harming another human being. We're talking about a young lady named Leah Lynn Plant. She's 24. And uh, to describe Leah, she is a a cute, attractive, you know, fairly thin young lady. I mean, she is not the kind of girl you'd expect to see in prison. 18 months in maximum security SeaTac prison in the Northwest, in I think it's the Seattle area. All for choosing not to testify against her friends and compatriots, uh, who knows what they would have ended up asking her. They right. uh, presumably would have asked her questions about her friends and, and whatever sort of activism they were doing. In front of uh, a grand jury. Right. Uh, in front of a federal grand jury. She decided she did not want to cooperate with that. And as a result, she's been charged with civil contempt and has been locked away uh, for what could be a full 18-month stay. But, of course, it's contempt of court. So, you know, if the judge feels like it tomorrow, he could let her out. Uh, but that's not going to happen. They are punishing her for not 
doing as she was told. So why is it 18 months? I mean, why can't they just keep her in prison for life? Well, that's a good question. And apparently the reason why is because that's the long or that's the length of time the grand jury is impaneled. Oh, my goodness. So uh, they can keep her for that entire time frame. Now, according to the story here over at Salon.com, she's, by the way, the third of three. So, you know, maybe they're not even done yet. I don't know how many other people they're going to go after. But she was not the first. She's the third. So there are already two other people who are associated with this group of uh, supposed anarchists that that are are in jail, that are in prison at this point. So the closed-door procedures are rare instances in which an individual loses the right to remain silent. That's a statement the author makes here at Salon.com, and I think that's, that's an incorrect statement. I think this happens more often than people realize. It's happened to somebody I know who's an activist, Jim Johnson. And it's it happens to people who don't well, go along with what they're told to do by the state. If you the grand uh, the the Supreme Court of the United States has uh, demanded that you turn identify yourself to police, mm-hmm. so that is in and of itself a, a violation. violation of the right to remain silent. I right. mean, if you indeed had the right to remain silent, a police officer would say, uh, you know, you you have the right to right. be secure within yourself. You don't have to identify yourself to a police officer. I mean, that would be words coming out of my mouth. And if I have the right to s- remain silent, then I don't have to do that. Right. I could hand over my ID, but there's no, as I understand, no, no law in the country that says you actually have to give your ID to a police officer if you're not in a car. The Bartholomew brothers went to jail for not handing over ID, uh, or they were arrested in California and found guilty for not handing over ID out in California. So basically what the courts uh, and the government people are telling you here is you do not have a right to remain silent. In fact, you are obligated to speak when we ask questions of you, except under one circumstance. What the full statement should be when you're arrested uh, and questioned by the police, the Miranda rights, is that you have the right to remain silent only in this situation. You have the right to remain silent only after we've arrested you and we are ready to question you. Because that's the only time, by all evidence, that you actually have the right to remain silent. It would seem. Because the rest of it, the whole idea that you have a general right to remain silent, the idea that you have the, uh, you know, the, the, the right to conscience... The right to be able to own yourself and refuse to cooperate with tyranny, refuse to cooperate with aggressors, that's all just nonsense. There is no right to remain silent. In any other situation besides you being questioned by the police after an arrest, you have no right to remain silent. That's what all the courts are saying. So if you question this, if you're sitting there questioning in your mind, well, what kind of person doesn't talk to the police? I need you to step back for a second and imagine that badges and silly hats don't Make somebody good, right, just, of pure heart, mm. uh, virtuous. That it doesn't mean those. Just because it's the government doing something doesn't mean they're doing something good. Now, you may think what they're doing is good in that particular instance, but you don't have the advantage of history. You can't look back and see what they're doing. Because I'll t- uh, let's take a let's peer back on history in the United States government and some of the things it's done, like incarcerate Japanese citizens during World War II, mm-hmm. like drive the Indians off their land over and over again by telling lie after lie after breaking treaty over and over again with these people. I mean, if you take a look at what the United States government has done to individuals in certain circumstances, the communists during the 50s and, you know, anarchists during the 30s and all, yeah. excuse, 20s, 10s, teens, whatever, uh, back then, all kinds of people with all kinds of different thought processes have been treated badly by 
your beloved United States government, and I guarantee you it's going on right now, and you don't know about some of what's going on. So if you pass judgment on what's going on, you are necessarily passing judgment on something that you know not, you have an incomplete amount of uh, right, and how could on. you how could you have the information because most of this stuff happens but that won't stop doors. people from making decisions they say yeah. you should participate with the state's attorney he's trying to do good things the government has given him an id he must be a good person most of this stuff happens behind closed doors in courtrooms where most people aren't there the average person when they go to court is not accompanied by 20 or 30 people, as is uh, frequently happens up here in New Hampshire, thanks to the Free State Project. There are not uh, journalists sitting there covering your trial. They're not. They're not. I mean, that's just how it is. Most trials, if, if you even go to trial, uh, most of these trials are uh, you know completely unannounced and people don't know it's happening. They don't know the, the absolute ridiculous travesties of justice that uh, that go on within these courtrooms so i think this is way more common but anyway as was the case this is from salon.com with the northwest grand jury resistors the grand jury can grant a subpoenaed individual personal immunity fifth amendment rights against self-incrimination are therefore protected but silence is not in these instances refusal to speak can be considered civil contempt non-cooperators can be jailed for the 18 month length of the grand jury so just to be clear this young lady was given immunity and in return for that they told her she has to talk okay so we've given look we've given you immunity sweetie now you've got to tell us everything you know about all your friends and what they do and if you don't we've got a nice cold cage waiting for you in the SeaTac prison she didn't ask for immunity. Disturbing. She didn't ask for it. She yeah, didn't just, cut. She didn't cut a deal. You're right. She didn't. She didn't say, "Hey, I'll tell you everything I know if you grant me immunity," and then not tell them tell them anything. They just granted her immunity, and then expected her to just blab all over the place. Yeah, and I love how the government does this with the granting of immunity. What does the government know? about this young lady. I mean, if they know enough to grant her immunity, then they don't need her information, mm. <laughs> right? I mean, they've got whatever evidence they've got. They don't need her information. So, and if they don't know enough, then what in the world would they be granting immunity for? If this woman is a lawbreaker, then she needs to go, you know, or uh, an evil person harming people, she needs to go to prison, right? No ac- no accusations of lawbreaking against her. But then then I don't need your uh, then I don't need your immunity from anything. Thank you very much. The arbitrary issuing of subpoenas according to an attorney uh, to activists and pressuring them to divulge information about others in secret proceedings extends to arresting them when they decide to resist. Uh, this, according to the attorney, she says that that means the grand jury subpoena process has a star chamber quality. Lawyers, scholars, and activists alike have long complained about the use of federal grand juries as tools for political repression. The case of uh, the case of the Northwest Grand Jury Resisters is now well known in activist and anarchist circles across the country. As I wrote in August, the Seattle grand jury subpoenas were served in late July when the FBI and a joint terrorist task force conducted a series of raids on activist homes and squats in Portland, Olympia, and Seattle with warrants seeking out computers, phones, black clothing, and anarchist literature. Black clothing. By the way, Julia joining us. Good evening. Good evening. Nice to have you here. Uh, you had to come a little bit late from work, so thanks for coming in tonight. Yes. We're, we're talking about a, a young lady and a couple friends. This lady we're talking about is the third of three uh, to go to prison for 18 months for refusing to essentially drop a dime on her friends or just even talk to the grand jury. 
So yeah. What is the black clothing? Does that mean something that I don't think it means, or the, does it just literally mean black clothing? They were looking for uh, literature and other things uh, back in the summertime after some protests had happened in the Northwest. They raided anarchists' homes and took all of their anarchist literature and other things like black clothing and stuff like that on some kind of an investigative warrant. Uh, they never made any arrests in those cases. They just went into people's homes and took all their stuff. What is anarchist literature? Um, what qualifies as? If you've ever been to the Keene Activity Center, there's some uh, some documents on the wall in one of right? those uh, on one of the walls there. I'm They're called zines. It. They're like p- pieces of paper folded in in half, a few pieces of paper stapled together. These are frequently found in anarchist circles. Uh, they're, they're pamphlets. They're pamphlets. Yeah, just information. People, okay. you know, educating people on stuff. I mean, so, I, I think that uh, most of these people are probably socialists parading as a- anarchists. But, maybe you know, so. Whatever. I don't know. We've never talked to this lady, so we don't know. But she does have a few words to say. She might be a libertarian say. parading she as might an be. anarchist. Uh, well, she does have a few words to say for herself, and we'll actually hear directly from her here in moments. Hour two's next. A science fiction comic adventure from Big Head Press. Quantum Vibe. It's year 2523. There are colonies on Venus, Mars, and Mercury. People travel in bubbles, fly at hyperspeed, with brain implants and artificial gravity. A scientific genius and his clever assistant set out on an adventure through the solar system on a secret mission to find the key to access new frontiers and save liberty. Quantum Vibe. There's a robot girl and zany creatures made with genetically engineered features. And corporate villains crave the opportunity to steal a profit from mother's ingenuity. A scientific genius and his clever assistant set out on an adventure through the solar system. On a secret mission to find the key to access new frontiers and save liberty. Quantum This is Free Talk Live, and we're launching into the second hour of the program. You can dial in toll-free, share your thoughts about whatever's on your mind. 855-450-3733. With you tonight, it's Ian. And Julia. And Mark. 1-855-450-3733. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Get interactive with the various different features we have. You get to create the content on the site if you'd like, or you can just look at it, of course. Uh, Go to freetalklive.com and enjoy that. Uh, just to bring you up to speed, if you're just tuning in, we're sharing with you a story that may not be as uncommon as the author of the story believes it to be. What he's, talk, uh, what he's telling us about here over at Salon.com is a story about three dissidents, three people, who uh, their names Matt Duran, Tio Olgenik, and Leolyn Plant. These three people have been locked in prison, federal prison for an 18 for what could be a full 18 months. And none of them have been accused of anything. None of them have been uh, you know, even alleged to have done anything violent, anything at all. They've not been charged with any sort of crime. What they have done is they've refused to cooperate with the grand jury investigation. They refused to speak to the grand jury, believing that they uh, had some sort of a right to remain silent. You know, the thing they tell you all over the place in the, in the news media and the Hollywood media and television and that you hear if you're ever arrested and questioned by the police, you have a right to remain silent. 
Well, it turns out that's not really true. Turns out it only is true in the aspect of if you are being questioned after being arrested by the police. But in this case, they hadn't been arrested for anything. So therefore, they have no right to remain silent, apparently. Now, what they'd done was they'd granted this young lady and her friends immunity. So she came into the court, was granted immunity, and then they told her, well, now that you've been granted immunity, even though you didn't ask to be granted immunity, even though we weren't charging you with anything in the first place from which you should be granted immunity, now that we've granted you immunity, you can just go ahead and tell us everything you know right. about you know, your friends. We've granted you immunity, now you're obligated to talk to us. So is the idea to get information from That's them? That's right. Well, that's silly because if you are threatening somebody with that kind of prison time, it seems likely in a lot of cases that they would just tell you anything that you wanted to hear. Most people would. Well, most people would tell you something, right? Because they don't want to. But it doesn't necessarily mean it's accurate. You know what I mean? That's true. You could just say anything, whatever. Which is why torture doesn't work. Right. Because when you're torturing somebody, they'll just tell you whatever. And then, of course, if they find out you're lying, however, that's usually another, uh, that's a criminal charge. That's more torturing. Right. So if you lie to a federal agent, that's a, I don't know if it's a felony, but it's pretty serious. Now, they can lie to you, and it's completely legal. In fact, they're trained. Police are trained to tell lies to get information from people. But if you lie to them, usually it's a problem. But let me continue with the story here. So this heroic young lady and her friends were not intimidated. They didn't crack. They did continue to remain silent and now are going to be sitting in SeaTac prison, a maximum security prison, if I'm recalling correctly, the same one they put Mark Emery in when they brought him down from Vancouver. Uh, they, they are in SeaTac up in Seattle. So according to the story here, uh, instances ref- of refusing to speak can be considered civil contempt and they can be jailed for the 18-month length of the grand jury. The arbitrary issuing subpoenas – excuse me, I already read that part uh, – So back to, uh, let's see, this is a quote from his original article. The author here at Salon.com also wrote about the raids that happened over the summer in Portland, Olympia, and Seattle, where they took anarchist literature, black clothing, computers, and phones from houses of people who also had not been accused of any sort of crime. It was just an evidence-gathering warrant where they just went in and raided people's houses and took stuff because they can. Will Potter, the author of Green is the New Red, who's long covered the state persecution of environmental activists and anarchists, noted in a recent interview that, quote, I think what's most indicative of what's going on, though, is that all, is that specific call for agents to seize anarchist literature as some kind of evidence of potential illegal activity. He added that the convening of a grand jury is especially right. troubling. And by the way, they give this literature away for free. If federal yeah. agents wanted it, they could ask for it. They could just ask people for it. <laughs> you know, go to these people's little fairs and booths and stuff right. and say, oh, "Can I have one of those and one of those and one of those? They would love to give it to you and love to talk to you about their ideas Absolutely. if you approach them properly. But going in and stealing their pajamas and their telephone and their their cell phones is not the way to get what you want. But that's not well, maybe that's not what they really want, Mark. Maybe what they really want is to intimidate people. Sure. Maybe what they really want is to scare people into not being activists in the first place. And that's why they're raiding people's homes and stealing stuff. He added that the convening of a grand jury is especially troubling because grand juries have been used historically against social movements as a tool as tools of fishing expeditions. And they're used to seek out information about people's politics and their political associations. Now, back to the current story. Facing a number of months in prison, Ms. Plant remained steadfast in her refusal to speak to the grand jury. Aware that she would likely face jail time, given the previous incarceration of two other resistors, Plant gave a public statement the morning of her grand jury hearing on Wednesday. She detailed the depression and fear triggered by the threat of jail time, but said, quote, I never once considered cooperation and never would. It's against everything 
I believe in. On my right arm, I have a tattoo reading, Strive to survive, causing least suffering possible. This is something I live by every single day and will continue to live by whether I am in a cage or not. Now, this lady and her friends It sounds also to me, Jainsian. Jainsian? Jainsian. It's a, it's a form of uh, Hinduism where you attempt... Hindus believe that you you, you get reincarnated, mm-hmm. so you can't cause uh, you know you can't kill people, you can't kill things in order to eat them. They eat vegetarian. They'll strain their uh, milk through a cheesecloth in order to get whatever bacteria might mm-hmm. be in there out, so you're not killing those things. A Jainsian believes will go even further in the attempt to not you know to walk as little as possible, so you don't step on little bugs, you know, all kinds of things. So I find this lady and her friends to be incredibly inspirational. And I hope you do as well, because if this little lady, she's 24, skinny, attractive, you know, she she can do this. Why can't you? Why can't you stand up to the state? Well, in most cases, most people haven't been come after in such an obvious fashion. I understand that. But also people aren't willing to, uh, in a lot of cases, stand up in any way, shape or form. And uh, Most I think people want to get they want to get through with their lives without being um, that's fine. Know, you just keep doing nothing and uh, watch as people like this continue going down and suffering for your lack of, of doing anything about it. This lady is going to prison while a bunch of other self-styled anarchists out there are paying taxes to support her being put in prison. So this lady's incredible to me, and I want to play her statement here for what she has to say. This is the statement from a resistor video also embedded at the salon.com video or the salon.com page. Now, we'll give you the link to this online. And actually, I haven't hooted anything yet tonight, Mark. On the morning of July 25th, 2012, my life was turned upside down in a matter of hours. FBI agents from around Washington and Oregon and Joint Terrorism Task Force agents from Washington busted down the front door of my house with a battering ram handcuffed my housemates and me at gunpoint, and held us hostage in our backyard while they read us a search warrant and ransacked our home. They said it was in connection to Mayday vandalism that occurred in Seattle, Washington earlier this year. Mayday, there's your tip. Mm -hmm. That socialists parading as anarchists. Okay, that's fine. That doesn't matter to me. I don't really care what her political viewpoint is. But that's interesting, Mark. But aren't... When I think sort of more socialist anarchists, I I heard vandalism, and I'm not sure if she did that, but that's what I kind of think of are those anarchists that like to destroy the man by destroying property and that sort of thing, and... Right. That's the what they were allegedly uh, investigating were some acts of vandalism, but no one in these homes was accused of actually being oh. the vandals. Yeah. They were just going and taking all of their stuff. But I wonder what, because do they support that? I'd lo- I'd love to know more about what their kind of viewpoint is because I'm not sure that I could. I agree that this is awful and should not be happening and she's being very courageous. But if she's somebody who is involved in a movement that is okay with destroying property, I can't get behind that. Also, well, yeah, but I don't think the police should be going anyone's house over I agree. a vandalism charge. I agree. I mean, I don't. I think that you need, as far as I'm concerned, that there's, you know, it's, it's not big enough. It's not a big enough charge to go into somebody's house, mm-hmm. and you're going to need some better evidence. At this point, judges are just rubber stamping, uh, you know, these uh, uh, warrants and stuff like that. I just, I have no faith. 
that judges are saying, okay, well, it's going to be really tough for you to get a warrant from me, Mr. Police Officer. You're going to have to meet yeah. all these criteria. I think it's bang, 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 bang. They're just giving them out. I'll give you more of her statement here in a moment. 855-450-FREE. This uh, heroic young lady who's standing up to all of the tyranny of the state and taking 18 months in prison for exercising the supposed right to remain silent. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the realtor Mark Warden. Do you want a home with 20 acres, a lakeside cabin, any takers for renters, buyers, and sellers too? Mark Warden is the guy for you. PorcupineRealEstate.com This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want here, 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features that are waiting for you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. We've got the bulletin board system where you can get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners. It's free, like the rest of our website, at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. When it comes to potential police abuse or any other incident on the road, the most important place to protect yourself is the most important way to protect yourself is to have a video and audio camera going. That can be hard, you know, pulling out your camera, pushing the pulling out your phone, pushing the buttons, and getting it all set up. That kind of thing. The best way is the GPS black box dash cam. This is a camera that comes on when you turn on the key to your car, and it you know video and audio records and has your GPS and your speed and your location all going on all the time so if you're in some kind of accident you've got the ultimate witness if you've got some some kind of situation where you and the the officer don't agree on what occurred you've got the ultimate witness you know what happened because there's video right there um, it's for traffic stops and all other driving incidents. You can protect yourself with the ultimate witness at freedomcam.net. It's on sale now, so you go to freedomcam.net and get one. They even take bitcoins there. If you're a Bitcoin aficionado, they take them. It's freedomcam.net. All right, 855-450-FREE, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. We're going to continue here with the statement from Leah Lynn Plant. She is going to prison for what could be 18 months and it's a, you know it's a not a defined amount of time here necessarily because speaking of which contempt they say it's up to 18 months but it's because nobody knows when this grand jury was convened she could be out next week because it could just be departing right uh well i don't know i mean i'm i'm just going to presume that uh this journalist has you know at least found out more than we know about the situation they believe that uh, she could remain there for 18 months we don't know when she's actually going to be released and another question that uh, somebody asked on twitter is well after this grand jury is done can't can they just impanel another one and keep her there mm. so is it really only a limited 18 months or is there some other process they can go through at that point charge her with contempt further contempt of a different grand jury or something like that. Anyway, she had, she's made a statement because this is a heroic young lady. She is uh, She's a young, thin lady who is certainly not somebody you'd expect to see in a prison anywhere. She hasn't been accused of any sort of actual crime of hurting anybody or destroying anything. The police were investigating some vandalism that happened during May Day protests, but they never accused anyone in the houses from which they stole all kinds of stuff, including anarchist literature and uh, black clothing and computers. They never accused any of those people of being the people who were allegedly uh, committing the vandalism. I don't understand the black clothing bit. Is it because the people were wearing black when they did the vandalism? 
well, they the certainly connection? weren't carrying anarchist literature at the time either. So, like, they were just taking things because okay. they can. I, I mean, I just don't understand what they're trying to prove with black clothing. Nothing. They're like, just trying to intimidate wear people. black, or we just like this clothing and we wanted to take it. They just or... want to take everything they had. They went in. They took all their computers, their clothing. They took all their uh, their literature. So it's not like the cops are going to learn something from the literature that they, they couldn't already find out by searching online or, as Mark said, walking up to an anarchist table or going into an anarchist book sto- uh, you know, bookstore and taking this information. They just wanted to screw these kids over. That was all they wanted to do. And now they're screwing them hard by putting them in prison cells for not being willing to testify against one another. Uh, back to uh, Leah and her statement. This was recorded just before she went to prison. I just wonder if I'm not saying that what she's doing here isn't heroic because I think that it is heroic. Um, it's, it's certainly brave. I, heroic, I think, is a funny term. I think I she's a hero. I'd have to agree with uh, all of her politics, perhaps, to think she was a hero. You know, maybe misguided. Anybody um, who stands, anybody who refuses to participate with the aggressors and protects their friends uh, from aggression is a hero in my book. She's not snitching, and she's uh, she's taking personal heat because of it. Most people would break down. I've seen brothers snitch on brothers. Uh, before agreed, um, I, I've also seen plenty of anarchists advocate for violence against uh, against people and mm-hmm. uh, against uh, you know a, a world well, I system can't imagine where she people would... don't have choices. And I don't stand for that. I don't consider anybody okay. who thinks it's heroic. Right, but, but I do consider it to be extraordinarily brave. You don't know what she thinks, Mark. And uh, she says that she strives to survive, causing the least suffering possible. So I can't imagine she would advocate. I've violence. seen a lot of people with peace symbols on the back of their car advocate for violence mm-hmm. against uh, their fellow okay. human beings. Well, you can go out on a limb and you know make presumptions about this lady. I just said I'm going with what I know about her, and she's a hero to me. So let's continue with her statement. I suspected that this was not really about broken windows. As if they had taken pointers from Orwell's 1984, they took books, artwork, and other various literature as evidence, as well as many other personal belongings, even though they seemed to know that nobody there was even in Seattle on May Day. While we know that knowledge is powerful... There you go. She wasn't even there, Mark. Oh, but you want to just complain about what her philosophy might be, right? Go ahead and complain. I got nothing to say to you, dude. Go on. Okay, I thought, you were, I thought you were bitching about no, no, not no. being able to I, have enough time on a three-hour-long talk every show. Every time somebody disagrees with you, I want you to shut them down. Uh, you've got a three-hour-long talk show, Mark. You feel like you don't have enough time to speak? Go right ahead. No, I got nothing to say, man. Go ahead. Well, we suspected that nobody used rolled-up copies of the Stumptown Wobbly to commit property damage. We saw this for what it was. They are trying to investigate anarchists and persecute them for their beliefs. This is a fishing expedition. This is a witch hunt. Since then, thanks to a Freedom of Information Act request, we have learned that this grand jury was convened on March 2, 2012, two months before the May Day vandalism even took place. I was served a subpoena to testify before a grand jury on August 2nd, a week later. I hastily packed up my life into boxes, got rid of almost all of my personal belongings in preparation of incarceration. I was dismissed that day after refusing to testify and re-subpoenaed for August 30th, which was pushed back to September 13th. In that time, I did a lot of self-care, got my affairs in order, and got advice from people who had either resisted grand juries, gone to prison, or both. I wonder where she found those. I returned to the probably online. The grand jury on September 13th, where I was granted immunity. When you are granted immunity, you lose your right to remain silent and can be thrown into prison for civil contempt. Between consulting with my attorney and an hour-long recess, I narrowly avoided a contempt hearing simply because they ran out of time. I was dismissed and was told I would receive my fourth subpoena. I walked out of the courthouse just... So what I want to know here is why can't she just go in and say, I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't remember over and over again. Good question. 
I don't know. Uh, I don't know what her lawyer was telling her. I don't know what information she was privy to or not privy to. That's a good question. Well, it seems like she's not interested in playing their game. Like she's trying to make. Well, a she's point. playing their game. She's going to court. Oh, she's playing their game. I didn't hear the beginning of the story. I came in in the middle, but um, from what I understood, she was not going to be. So she's in court, but she's just not participating by she's, giving them the information. Is that right? Correct? She's not going to answer their questions. The, okay. The grand jury has some questions for her, and she's not going to talk to them. I'd like to point out that you're always play their game. No matter what, you don't have an option to not play their game. Uh, you can choose not to answer their questions, but their game is, after that is imprisonment. She's playing their game. Well, you could choose to not go to court, and then they're going to f- come find you and put you in prison. That's still, not, still that's their not game. Your, that's, that's I their wouldn't game. say that you're playing their game. Yeah, I would you say are. that's you're living your life, and they're taking you and putting you in a prison cell. So. I, I mean, don't you have the right to fight back against somebody who, I mean, unless, basically, they, there is no choice but to play their game. I mean, you know, why, why would she go with them if they come and get her? Um, I mean, that's basically playing their game too, right? And even if she does fight back, their game is violence and imprisonment. That's always their game. They only have that game. 855, I guess it just depends on what you consider playing their game. 855-453, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Also, we'll continue with Leah's statement here uh, in a moment. 1-855-450-3733. Mark says she's brave. I say she's brave and she's a hero. Good for her for not cracking under the pressure and snitching out her friends, which maybe she didn't even have anything to talk to him about. Who knows? More coming up. Free talk. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want toll-free, 855-453, the SACL-CAI toll-free line, and take control of these airwaves here, 1-855-450-3733. It's Ian here. And Julia. And Mark. And Mark, uh, who is crying a river over me playing the video uh, earlier here during the break. Uh, Matt is definitely taking that out of context. Yeah, he's a jackass. Yeah, well... So you complained, Mark, uh, earlier that I had uh, played the video too soon because we're playing a video of a young lady who uh, heroically, in my opinion, refused to roll over on her friends in front of a grand jury. And I is think now it's a very, very compelling video. Going to uh, 18 months in prison as a result of that. I wanted to play this video. We had stopped down to have a discussion about what you thought about what this lady believes, uh, which, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe she's a total anarcho-communist. I don't and care supports, whether she is or and not. And supports uh, blowing things up. I don't get that from what she says, and that's why I wanted to continue on with the video. So I apologize for uh, for playing the video over top of you, and I wanted to make sure you had a chance to say everything you wanted to say. Apology accepted. Please go on. Great. So we're talking uh, with uh, with you about whatever's on your mind at 855-450-FREE. Abel is on, in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Howdy. Hey, Abel. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I, I just... Uh... There seems to be a really uh, a lot of ignorance about the nature of a grand jury. Yes, I would agree that there's a great uh, deal of ignorance about uh, grand juries. Grand juries are are 
uh, and I don't know, 23 to 27 people. Um, and, uh, and they're given presentations, you know, by now, typically a federal one would be a U.S. attorney, right. a county one would be a county attorney. And uh, they're, they're continually impaneled. There's always a grand jury available, at least at the county level. I'm mm-hmm. assuming the same thing is occurring on the on the federal level as well. So, you know, her statement that this grand jury was impaneled, you know, two months before is of really no consequence. Um, so basically they are to get these presentations and then and then I, I I don't know if it's a majority vote but uh, they vote on it's it's not unanimous uh, it right in New Hampshire it's a majority vote it's a majority vote yeah and and they uh, they vote on um, you know whether or not the uh, the prosecutor can go forward with an indictment right and uh, I think they actually have a lot more power <clears throat> than they're ever told. That's true. Oh, I would agree with that, yeah. They yeah, have the power to indict uh, government bureaucrats, too, but the prosecutor never brings those cases in front of them. Well, the, the, the reality is is that the that regular people uh, were always, you know, supposed to be able to uh, bring presentments uh, yeah. to the grand jury. There, you know, there there was no capturing of this grand jury by by government attorneys. Uh, and uh, but now you can't get anywhere near them. That's I mean, true. How, how do you get in front of a grand jury these days? That, I mean, you, you know, they, they they don't know that they should be available to the people. Nobody tells them. Right. Well, this uh, is one of the. This is something is I've. I think that they were they are the ones that issue the subpoena. They don't have to issue subpoenas if they get an inkling that this U.S. attorney is doing exactly what he's doing. They, they can tell him to go pound sand. They can, and you should be able to approach a grand jury, but it is difficult to accomplish that task. In New Hampshire, here it is doable uh, in that you can stand out in front of a courthouse and speak to them as they go into the courthouse. But who knows what lies they're telling them when they go inside the courthouse? You know, oh, well, don't listen to those people, or you can't or, do that. No, you can't do that. Right. Sit uh, down. Shut up. Right. So I've. This is one of the things I've wanted to do for a long time, as far as activism is concerned, but I've never done because well, we did it once briefly. Sam Dodson uh, wrote up a letter to the grand jury outlining some of the misbehavior of the government bureaucrats that he had, you know, actual videotaped evidence of them doing, like breaking laws, hurting people, that sort of thing. And, uh, of course, the jury, you know, he put his contact information on this letter. We stood outside the courthouse and handed these letters to the grand jurors as they were coming up to to their jury duty. And, of course, no one called, um, you know, even though he had all this evidence. So I think it would be great to have some sort of grand jury outreach. And I've, I've suggested this before, but I don't know enough about grand juries to write the you know write whatever the pamphlet would be that we would have uh so i'd love to see that you know whatever that outreach tool would end up being be created so it could begin doing that kind of outreach here in new hampshire uh for whatever the ends would be just to empower the grand juries tell them what their rights are you know give them more information than what they're getting on the inside but i don't know enough about the process and about what the you know the truth is about grand juries to really write up anything that would be useful or accurate and Abel, thanks for calling now, and sharing your thoughts tonight. There's one other thing, yeah. may I say, um, that uh, there is uh, a uh, Randy Kelton. If you do Randy Kelton uh, 
just uh, fanatic spelling uh, and uh, grand juries, you'll come up with an article that he's written. Uh, he's actually, you know, done some of this legwork of, you know, figuring this stuff out. But uh, what I have done actually is I, I uh, there's a Facebook page for Dennis uh, Hogan, who is running for Hillsborough County uh, County Attorney. And, uh, you know, I presented this question to him, and he he says, uh, what question? well, you know, uh, the question of, you know, would uh, you allow regular people to do presentations uh. against, to the, the grand jury so that they may uh, pursue indictments against criminal... Uh, is this the guy who's and, currently uh, the uh, county attorney? Is he running for re-election, or he's a new guy running for election? He's, he's a current county attorney running for re-election. So what did he say to you? And, and he he listed off some uh, uh, RSI, RSA uh, that uh, he says, well, all indictments are to be handled by, uh, you know, the uh, mm. county attorneys, prosecutors, and, you know, those guys. Somebody said, who's well, not I'm you. I'm not talking about indictments. I'm talking about presentation. presentations. And uh, and the indictment is the product of a of a grand jury. So has he and, gotten back uh, to you and, on that? Well, no. I actually sent him this article. If, if you go onto Facebook and just put in uh, Dennis Hogan, uh, it, it it should be there. Uh, and uh, I actually did it to one who I'm friends with, uh, county that was running for county attorney, Michael Kelsey or whatever, in Arizona, and uh, and uh, offered him the same article from Randy Kelton to you know you know bring this up, and he hasn't responded to. Well, me it's either. no surprise I, that these uh, county attorneys would be playing, you know, would be trying to keep mum on this issue. They certainly don't want to tell people that they have more power than they might realize. And Abel, thanks for the call tonight. Eight five five four fifty free. The SACL CAI toll free line. Gene, the Christian anarchist, on the line in Tennessee. We'll continue with the uh, the story about the activists in the Northwest here in a moment. Uh, Gene, you're on Free Talk Live. Well, I guess uh, as a Christian anarchist, it's illegal for me to even say that I'm a Christian anarchist. Why is that? I might, I might go to jail because I'm an anarchist. Well, uh, you know, they certainly are targeting anarchists. Uh, that's what it seems like. Well, I hope they don't come knocking my door down. But anyway, I called about, uh, you know, I keep going back to this thing in the 60s, and I think it was the beginning of the uh, freedom movement, and everywhere you heard people say, question authority, and you saw, you know, we'd write it on walls and stuff question authority. But I got to thinking about that a little deeper, and it's not just questioning authority, because you're not just saying, you know, to the cops or the or the judges or the politicians, where do you get your authority? That's really not what the statement is saying. The statement is question the actual existence of authority. Does it does authority even exist? And I say it doesn't exist. I agree. Because in order for there to be authority, you have to have a, a, a source that delegates that authority down to the man. Right, because you, as another human being, cannot delegate any extra power to another human being because we're all supposedly created equal. So where does that authority come from? It comes from the, force, the, the point of a gun. Right. And, uh, Gene, if you have more to say, stand by. We can bring back. You can continue your thoughts there. 855-453. Plus, more from the young lady who's heroically facing 18 months in prison. She's in there right now 
in uh, SeaTac Prison up in the Northwest. She's got a little bit more to her statement. We'll share that with you. And you can take control as well. Bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. You like your friends. You like Free Talk Live. Like your friends enough to share something you like with them. Help Free Talk Live get into more ears. Podcast listeners are the most important area of growth for Free Talk Live. Please share one episode a week on Facebook. This is Free Talk Live, toll-free number 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features we share with you. If you would like, you can support the show, and there are various ways to do that. One of them is by shopping with us. Go to shop.freetalklive.com. And you can purchase all manner of things through the Amazon links that we have. There are also some links to Newegg as well as some other, um, some other vendors. You can go to shop.freetalklive.com. And when you enter those links, whether it's Amazon US, Amazon UK, Amazon Canada, Newegg Canada, Newegg US, you click through those links, you do your regular shopping that you're used to doing over at Amazon, for instance, and you won't see it when you check out. There's no indication that shows you the percentage that Free Talk Live gets, but we do get a portion of the purchase price when you start your shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. So it's a great way to get the stuff that you're looking for in life and help Free Talk Live and get a great deal and free Super Saver shipping on a whole bunch of their brand new items. Now, there are some things Amazon doesn't sell. Now, Amazon does have a grocery store, and Julia, I believe that occasionally you'll buy some things through there. Sure, I buy stuff all the time on Amazon. Give me a, a grocery item that uh, you've you've purchased on, on Amazon. Um, I usually buy a lot of coconut products on Amazon, like coconut oil. So there's a lot of uh, stock. They have a lot That's of stock. That's paleo thing. I'm not paleo. Okay. It's a low-carb thing? Um, I... She's custom. Yeah, I don't eat... I'm not paleo, but I don't eat uh, a lot of... I mean, I can, I'll treat myself occasionally, but I don't eat really a lot of sugar, and grains is essentially sugar, so that kind of falls in that category. Go figure. You can't pin Julia down. I've purchased uh, some hot sauce on Amazon before. You're not trying hard enough. (laughs) Well, (laughs) most of the food they have on Amazon is uh, the stuff you can put in a pantry, the stuff you can store. They're not selling you fresh milk on Amazon. So they've got a decent grocery section, and you can get a bunch of stuff through it. But there are certain things you can't get, like handcrafted candies. That's right. Uh, Stateless Sweets, statelesssweets.com. I just wanted to read some of these things to you. Um, Cinnamon caramels. These are handmade caramels all with real ingredients where you can get them and these are the high-end candies you don't buy something in a wrapper and get anything like what you get from stateless sweets chocolate covered pistachio brittle i haven't had this but i didn't see this on the list before i don't know if it's new but it's Mm. something i'm going to be getting now i hadn't tried the chocolate covered pistachio brittle uh, at that point there's panuche with walnuts um, uh, the English toffee, your favorite, the fudge, uh, five sh- uh, shiraka lollipops. I'm not sure exactly what that is, mm. but for those that don't necessarily like the uh, the candy, uh, the uh, chocolate, then you know they got yeah. things for you too. It's statelesssweets.com. It's the greatest thing for your Halloween party. Not what you're giving out at the door to the kids. Yeah, get them the cheap stuff. <laughs> but they don't this care. Is, They're this not discerning. The, this is for the party. You bring these in, and everybody's going to be like, "You're the most amazing cook." But you better get your order in soon if you're going to have a Halloween party and yep, use you, this stuff. You had better. Statelesssweets.com. 
And you can use bitcoins. That's true. If you'd like. You're right. Thank you. Uh, all right. So, yeah, because some people complain, oh, you can't get anything real with bitcoins. It's only for drugs. They're not listening to Free Talk Live. Yeah. Clearly. Because all kinds of things that uh, here on Free Talk Live, people sell for bitcoins. Uh, let's go back to Gene the Christian Anarchist uh, talking about the idea of authority. And there's a great book on this subject that I had the uh, privilege to read while I was in jail. Uh, it's Larkin Rose's The Most Dangerous Superstition. And uh, Gene, have you read that one yet? Because it's certainly uh, pretty much what you're talking about here. Gene the Christian Anarchist. I agree with 100%. But... Um Mark was saying what they are is men with guns, and that's true. That's all we have are people with guns telling us what to do. It's really no different than the mafia. But what I wanted to say about the authority existing, authority could exist if somebody possessed that authority and then delegated to them. And as the Christian anarchist, of course, the one that I think has the authority to delegate it would be our creator. However... Nobody has shown me a delegation of authority from our creator to any form of government, any police department, any court of law. I've never seen it, and it doesn't exist. Right. It's interesting. They'll always point out that the uh, you know the Romans uh, verse it might be might be a nine or thirteen. I'm, I don't know. I'm no uh, biblical scholar in that area. I can't quote verse chapter and verse. But they you know they talk about how the authority was uh, placed above you and, and that kind of thing. But you know. If the authority was placed above you, then I guess they were talking about perhaps Rome. Then when the Visigoths or whatever they were overran Rome, the Vandals overran Rome, were they in charge? Did, did God put them over in authority? Because, you know, certainly, certainly the, 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 you know, this German empire rose up afterwards and they were Christian. Did God put them in charge? And then when, you know, these different, different kings, you know, broke away and did whatever they did, did God put them in charge? Did God, was God, did God think that King George was in charge or did he think that Congress was in, the, the Continental Congress was in well, charge? Well, God always sides with the winners, of course. I'm confused. Uh, Gene, you know, let, let me throw out the objective here that the status might uh, say as a devil's advocate well gene we voted for this uh authority comes from the people getting together and voting yeah that's the uh, might makes makes right argument if if we get a gang that's bigger than your gang we can force you to do what we want and that argument falls flat on its face when you look at it logically now i would like to uh point one thing out that i think that uh, question authority, those two words are the most powerful message the freedom movement can and does have, and it's been around for quite a while now. But I would like to see those two words used a little bit more often. Maybe we can promote it over the airways here, that we need to learn how to question authority and not just the fact that these people claim to have it, we need to claim the action. We need to question the actual existence. Right to refuse of to uh, believe in the idea of authority. I think is a really important uh, thing for people to do. And, but there is, I think, Larkin Rose does a good job in his book of clarifying that the the type of authority he's talking about. Because you know, if you pull up the definition of authority, there are different types of authority, right? So like, there's the authority of we tell you what to do and you do it kind of authority. But then there's also like Julia might be the authority on electronic music. 
Like she might be at, at least sitting in this room she right now. She certainly knows more than the uh, us right. two. So, uh, so there's that kind of authority. Like there's the authority of expertise, and that's not the authority we're talking about here. But there's also, I think, one kind of authority you can delegate, and maybe you know, I, and maybe this is a, is or isn't an accurate use of the word authority, but I think it is. So, like for instance, if I wanted to delegate, uh, Mark, if I get hit by a bus, I you know delegate to you the authority to make decisions for me. I think uh, so. Yeah. That you get to to do that because I've delegated that to you. But what I can't do is I can't delegate to you that you get to control Julia and make decisions for her without her consent. So I could consent to somebody making a decision for me. I can give away my own personal autonomy to that extent, but you cannot cross that line into another human being. And that's what the authority that we're talking about is. It's where somebody said that you have to do X, Y, Z even though you didn't uh, consent, or that you can't do X, Y, or Z, even though you you didn't consent to that. You have to be able to agree to the terms of the contract. If you can't agree to them, if they're not fully disclosed, if you're not of age, there is no contract. That's why this whole straw man argument falls flat on its face, because a straw man contract cannot exist if you didn't consent to it, if it wasn't fully disclosed to you, so that's why I don't buy any of that straw man stuff. Now, uh, you know, maybe there are people that actually think that they can do a straw man in somebody else's name. Maybe there are people in government that think they can. But I've never seen any proof of that, and certainly that argument would fall flat on its face when you talk about any kind of a concept of contract. And the straw man argument is what? That's the one where the people say that the government has created an artificial Ian Freeman that is all capital letters, and therefore Ian is responsible for all the debt that's placed on the Ian Freeman straw man. So obviously that can't really... And they, and they advocate that there are all these hidden agreements that you uh, you agree to tacitly, uh, like for instance when you go into court, if you step uh, step past the the bar, the bar, then you've consented to the jurisdiction of the court, and, uh, and that's you know by being born or whatever that you've oh I think you've, to the social contract. I think you've consented uh, by their definitions, the court's definitions by birth. I mean, you know, basically you're on our land. This is what the government believes. Well, the people that yes. support the government is this is our land. We do what we want with it, and you that do what, say, what we want you, because you're on our land. That's what they say, but if you look at the logic, you can see that it falls flat on its face. Yep. Gene, thanks for the call and the thoughts tonight. Appreciate hearing hey, from you. Question authority. Very good. <laughs> 855-450-FREE, the SACL-CAI toll-free well, line. I think the government, you know, I'm you know, thinking back on what Gene just said there. I think the government does, it, it essentially does own the land uh, that we're on here. Now, they've taken it by force. If by and, own, you mean they control. Yeah, they, they control it and, you know, they, they, they effectively have ownership. I don't think they came about it in a uh, righteous manner, though. So this young lady, uh, we'll get back to her in a moment here. Hour number three is next. Uh, she is going to be sitting in prison for what could be 18 months, maybe even longer. Who knows what they're, uh, what kind of shenanigans they'll end up pulling. Why? Well, because she decided to not talk to a grand jury because the right to remain silent is a bunch of BS in this country. You don't have the right to remain silent. They own you. Hour three is next. Why did you move to the Shire? I moved here to the Shire because there's other people around who take liberty just as seriously as I do. I moved to the Shire because I saw videos of people challenging authority and thought that I could get support myself. It called to me, like, do this right now. I wanted to be around people like me who got it. And once I got here, I knew there was nowhere else that I wanted to be. 
Immigrating to the Shire was easy. I was instantly plugged into a community of individuals who also care about peace, liberty, and justice and are willing to do something about it. The people here are awesome, loving, and positive. It was for the adventure and for the feeling of something important is happening here. And I just wanted to come to sort of be part of that. Visit ShireSociety.com to read and sign the Shire Society Declaration and learn the reasons why, if you love liberty, you should immigrate to the Shire. Plus, add yourself to the Shire map at ShireSociety.com. That's ShireSociety.com. Launching into the third hour of Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Toll-free number is 855-453, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we will share with you there. Uh, They are completely free. You get to control the content. You find something online you want to share with us. And the listeners, you submit it at showprep at freetalklive.com. It'll then appear on the upcoming stories page on our site. And at that point, it must receive a certain number of votes in order to leave the upcoming stories page and be promoted to the front page and the top of the site, meaning we're more likely to see it, possibly talk about it. And uh, other, other listeners that are visiting the site will also be more likely to see it if it's on the front page. So go and get interactive at freetalklive.com. With you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Julia. And Mark. As we continue with your... Uh, well, actually, we're not going to continue with your thoughts because nobody's on the line. So we're going to continue with uh, what's going on on salon.com. Yeah, I was going to say, we haven't, where, it's been a long time since we've had that video on. Uh, we, well, yeah, I wanted to make sure we got folks in their comments sure. in here. But, it's uh, Free Talk Live. We've been talking about grand juries, and specifically the federal grand jury. I don't know if the same thing would happen at a state level, but I bet it would, uh, because they are putting activists in prison in the Northwest. Uh, They're activists from the Seattle area, for instance, Portland, uh, other folks in the Northwest. They've been put in prison for refusing to participate in a grand jury investigation. They, they refused to testify in front of a grand jury. A grand jury subpoenaed them to come in and testify, and they said, no, that's okay. No, I'd rather uh, use my right to remain silent that I thought I had, but apparently don't. Uh, And then as a result of remaining silent, they're now going to to prison, and they are in prison, and will possibly be held there for up to 18 months. And that's what the situation is. We're actually sharing with you the uh, audio from one of these prisoners, this young lady. Her name is uh, Leah Lynn Plant. She's 24, probably weighs 110 pounds. Uh, Not the kind of person you'd you'd expect to see in prison and she is in there now. She went in on Thursday, and this was her final statement from uh, before she checked in, shall we say. Recess. I narrowly avoided a contempt hearing simply because they ran out of time. So was she was just- giving uh, her story about how they raided her home. They've raided several homes over the summertime of so-called anarchists. Uh, they took their clothing. They took their computers. They took their anarchist literature. And uh, and this was basically an intimidation tactic because, as she points out, she wasn't even in Seattle where the May Day protests that they were supposedly investigating happened. She says that they even seemed to know that the people that were raiding her home seemed to be aware that no one in the home was in Seattle on the day that these alleged destruction, you know, destructive acts of uh, vandalism had occurred. Didn't so, matter. Right. They were just raiding them because they could. Now, the FBI has stated that uh, anarchists are basically rebels without causes. I can't remember exactly, um, you know, 
criminals looking for a, an ideology or some terminology that they used to describe terrorists. Yeah, to describe this kind of sort of black block an- anarchist that they're accusing her of being. I don't know this lady or what she believes precisely. Right. Well, if they had evidence she'd done something, they'd bring her up on charges, which they haven't done. Right. And so, you know, it, would, it wouldn't surprise me at all that they would go and attempt to harass people like that. Had she broken a storefront window, do you think she would have spent 18 months in prison? <laughs> right. I mean, I can't imagine that for a second. No, they're punishing her because she won't go along with their, yep. this their is, scam. It's the highest form of crime in America, which is disobeying, not agreeing with what the authorities say. To, to, you know, having a conscience and acting by it. Right. Let's go on with her uh, statement here. Smithson was told I would receive my fourth subpoena. I walked out of the courthouse just in time to witness Matthew Kyle Duran, my fellow resistor, being taken away to prison in a police van. It broke my heart to watch them kidnap an amazing and strong person and take him away from his friends and loved ones. Catherine Kadio Olesnik has met a similar fate for refusing to testify on September 27th. Right now, Matt and Katie are both sitting in prison cells for doing nothing but remaining silent. I have nothing but love and admiration for them both, and I know that thousands of others feel the same. On the drive home that night, my brain felt like it was short-circuiting. A few days later, I received notice that my next subpoena was for October 10th. They also notified my lawyer that they are preparing for a contempt hearing. Court dates aside, my life has been a roller coaster. Thanks to unrelated events, I have suffered with severe depression and PTSD for many years. These are now much worse and new things trigger me. For a while after the raid, I was in a constant state of panic and can barely eat. Every time someone knocked on the door, every time I heard any sort of loud sound in my house, my heart sank and I thought, they've come for me. Now, I think that's a particularly interesting section of this passage because it really describes what people go through. I mean, even if she didn't have PTSD from whatever the previous event was and who knows what sort of horrible event she's referring to there, even if she didn't have this issue, I imagine a lot of people feel that way after they've had their their home violated and their privacy violated and their lives turned upside down. I can't imagine that it would be anything short of terrifying to have somebody break into your home at any point. And to, I think it would be more terrifying for them to be uh, FBI agents than to be a robber or something. What do you do? I mean, a robber you can defend yourself against. A robber does it when you're generally not there. I mean, there certainly are home invaders that do these kind of things, but you can at least call the police after they leave. There's nothing you can do when the FBI raids your house. Well, and these people are, the way that they're dressed typically when they do these sorts of raids, they're in all black, they're wearing face masks. In this case, it was fatigues. But yes, frequently it's all black. Okay, fatigues. That's equally scary, right? right? The military breaking, or at least the perception of the military, breaking into your home with giant guns and bulletproof vests. This is way more over the top than you would ever get from any sort of home invader. Absolutely. Battering ram to the front door. That's how these guys came in. And they were there to take literature. Why do they do this when people are home? Why knock the door down with a battering ram? I don't understand. Uh, it's exciting. It's an adrenaline rush. I mean, we've talked to Barry Cooper. But from how could busted. anybody justify that? If you're home, They're they could anarchists. have knocked on they the door the and said, hi, we have a warrant for your arrest. You have to destroy the house, too? They get off on it. I mean, look, we've talked to Barry Cooper from NeverGetBusted.com. I understand that. I know, but our listeners may not have known this. So we've talked to Barry Cooper. He's a former narcotics agent from Texas. And he told us very specifically 
The reason why these guys do this stuff is because they, it's, they're adrenaline junkies. They get off on it. And the idea that there might be someone in there who is dangerous, even if they know that they're not, you know, they've looked, oh, it's a bunch of granola-eating hippies. They're not going to do anything. There's still that chance that somebody in there might go ahead and reach for a weapon or uh, you know, cell phone. or jump, for, you know, jump at them or something like that. And the, the chance that they could cave in a hippie's head is what they're really interested in. Okay. They want to hurt somebody. Right. I understand why they do it, but I don't understand how it's legal. Oh, well, everything they do is legal. I, I just don't understand. They should be able to knock on the door. Maybe right, in a they, just we don't live in a just world. You know, maybe in in a world where a police department existed and they were looking for someone dangerous under their little rules, they could you know if they knocked on the door and you never answered, you're you know then mm. take. But it's instantly the response. They, they don't even ch- try to knock on the they door. They could have flushed their literature. Well, I would say that their answer would be that, right, I would say that their answer would be that, um, you know, they're going to destroy evidence, um, that, uh, you know, it's important that we catch them by surprise so that we have the scene as preserved as we possibly can or whatever. They have their excuses, but ultimately the real reason is they want to kick some butt. Right. Wouldn't they have the ability then to pick the lock and just open the door and come in? They could. You would they think could. that they would have that, that ability. Skill, though. You have to. But lock some people a skill. can you have do to it, right? It. Well, I you, mean, if, if you want me to respond as I believe a police officer would respond or an FBI but agent would respond. we're talking about FBI agents, not, not standard well, issue police officers. They might be, somebody might hear the noise at the door and then, uh, you know, start putting holes through the door. They want to get uh, you yeah. know, somebody in and on their belly as quickly as possible. We read a story last night where they put uh, you know, a grandmother, a pregnant woman, and their three-year-old on, their, on the floor on their bellies. So as they search the house for an hour for somebody who was a couple of uh, house doors down that they missed the, the address on. I mean, in, a, in an ideal world which, in which we don't live, uh, but we would like to, the police would be there to really protect and serve people and not uh, arrest and harass and, and threaten and intimidate innocent, peaceful people who never harmed anyone else, who would never have the police raiding people's homes unless they're, you know, a wanted murderer or uh, holding people hostage or something like that. Uh, but unfortunately, that's not the world we live in. Uh, we live in the one where they yeah. have total power and they attract the corrupt. I don't think that the lockpicking is okay either, but it just seems like the, the pushing down the door is so extreme. Yeah, but it's also exciting. That's what they like. It's exciting and it's a rush and they get to bang things in and break things down and possibly cave in hippies' heads. You know, remember the uh, T-shirts the cops had at the protest or the uh, Democratic National Convention? We get up early to beat the crowds. Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio, podcast, satellite, webcam, and our live streams. But did you know you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere? Add this number to your phone, 213-493-0308. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Listen Lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 213-493-0308. That's 213-493-0308. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Toll-free number 855-453. The SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. And I guess I might as well throw the question out there. Have you ever been locked up because you didn't speak? Because that's what we're talking about here is activists from the Northwest who have been uh, threatened and harassed by the police as they raided their homes over the summertime, collecting things like anarchist literature, uh, clothing, computers, 
that sort of th- stuff, uh, just going into people's homes, armed raids, you know, clad in military or militaristic uniforms, busting in the front door with a battering ram, and just taking all their stuff, just ruining their their lives and intimidating them. This young lady who uh, is is giving a statement here before she goes out to prison for what could be 18 months, 24-year-old Leah Lynn Plant is uh, telling us her story about how it what it was like for her she had already had ptsd and uh, some you know serious anxiety issues from some prior not unrelated events in her life now she's got the police in her home intimidating her and threatening and stealing things and being generally scary and and awful and she's she was talking about how that affected her that after that anytime somebody would knock on her door she would worry that they've come back and that's a reasonable concern you know, typically, if you get robbed by a thug on the street, odds are good you're probably not going to see that same thug uh, again if it's a bigger city or something like that. Well, I would say that they probably wouldn't knock if they were going to come back. This is a good point, but it still could but be. But no, somebody. I understand that it would be traumatizing. For and sure. uh, you don't feel safe. You can't. I can't imagine how anyone would feel safe in their own home after having the door busted in and having armed men, you know, clad in uh, fatigues, going through your possessions. That's horrifying. Well, when I think about stuff like this, it makes me feel not safe in my home anyway. Because, because it could happen. This could happen to anybody. Because not I mean this in this particular instance she was targeted, but this kind of stuff happens to the wrong house and the yep. wrong people all the time. You can be completely innocent and this could come to your door. And she uh, by all indications is completely innocent uh, having not even been in Seattle on the day in which they accuse uh, people of doing vandalism, which they allegedly were, uh, inter- you know, they were looking into by stealing all their stuff. She's an activist, though, and I'm not saying this is right at all. But I'm talking about, you know, my mom. This could happen to it my could. mom, who is the most, you know, boring, innocent, not radical in any way person ever. So you don't have to be an activist for this to happen to you. Absolutely right. As uh, Mark was mentioning, it was recently a grandma that uh, had her home raided, and she wasn't the first grandma as well. Nope. Catherine Johnston was 92 years old in Atlanta, had her home raided, and ended up dying at the hands of the police in a gun in a gunfight. Because she thought it was a criminal gang that was raiding her home, and by all indications, she was correct. Just they call themselves the police and are completely immune from any kind of criminal uh, prosecution for doing these things. If you and I were to go in and bust into somebody's home for some, you know, ostensibly good reason, like stopping them from getting high or something ridiculous like that, uh, we would be considered criminals for doing that. But the police get away with it. Let's continue with uh, Ms. Plant's story. This is, again, her statement before going to prison. To the day of this writing, I haven't slept a full night since that cold July morning thanks to nausea-inducing anxiety that wakes me up between 4 and 7 every single morning. After a couple months, the initial panic has faded into grim acceptance. Despite my mental health issues, I never once considered cooperation and never would. It is against everything I believe in. On my right arm, I have a tattoo reading, Strive to Survive Causing Least Suffering Possible. This is something I live by every single day and will continue to live by whether I'm in a cage or not. I cannot express in words how grateful I am to all those who have shown us support and solidarity, especially our friends, partners, and loved ones. We will all get through this together. I know that I am a broken record with the following sentiment, but I feel like it's worth repeating. They want us to feel isolated, alone, and scared. I know that even though KDO is being held in what is essentially solitary confinement, she does not feel alone. I know that Matt does not feel alone. I know that I will not feel alone. When they try to murder... 
nobody's got any idea what solitary confinement's like. I mean, this is... Maximum security, federal prison. Awful experience. Um, I mean, they know that this is torture. They know that it works. And it's it's awful. I mean, I'm speaking as a guy who was in prison for eight and a half years. And, uh, you know, I was in confinement. Not solitary confinement. I had a roommate, mm-hmm. and I was on a block where you know you could talk to people through sort of like holes. Did they in the ever wall. put you in solitary? No, you get lugged. I don't know. The only way you would get put in solitary in the prison I was in is if you were dangerous to your roommate in confinement. Mm. I mean, they didn't do solitary there. I mean, I they didn't even have. As a matter of fact, you would be by yourself in the room, but you would be able to talk to the people outside the yeah. door. So when you're talking about solitary. Now, I'm assuming she knows what she's talking about when she says solitary here. Uh, and many people will just say, you know, we'll think confinement is solitary or, or whatever. But um, it means that you have no contact with people. Yeah. And if you have no contact with people besides guards shoving, a, you know, something through the bean hole, you know, your food through the bean hole three times a day, you're going to go crazy. You're really going to go true. crazy. And it's not going to take too long. And if you're in there long enough, you don't – a lot of people's minds don't come back. Mercilessly gut communities, we do not scatter, we grow stronger, we thrive. I view this state repression like this. The state thinks it is a black hole that can destroy whatever it wants. In reality, it is much more like a stellar nursery, wherein it unintentionally creates new, strong anarchist stars. I do not look forward to what inevitably awaits me today, but I accept it. I ask that people continue to support us through this process by writing us letters, sending us books, donating, and spreading awareness. My convictions are unwavering and will not be shaken by their harassment. Today is October 10th, 2012, and I am ready to go to prison. Love and solidarity to all those who resist. Forever in silence, Leah Lynn Plant. So then the uh, video pulls up a couple of websites to which you might want to go. One of them is freelia.org, freelia.org. And then the supportresist.net site actually has her address and the other two folks uh, that were put in previous to her. uh, That uh, Their addresses are all there at supportresist.net. And she's right. Uh, It's it's good to know that you are not alone, that there are people out there who care about what you're doing. Maybe they don't feel like they can take the same level of risk, but they feel like they can write you a letter. That makes a big difference. And so if you do feel like uh, reaching out to her, I'm sure she and the other folks who are in those prison cells would appreciate hearing from you, uh, regardless of what their political philosophy might happen to be. And maybe that would be a conversation you could get into with them. Uh, Supportresist.net is the site where you can find their addresses. And uh, there's a little link here where it says, you know, send send books to Leah. Yep. So I fully. Yeah. So great idea. Right. Send her a, a, a great liberty oriented book to read while she's in there. Uh, but I liked a lot of the things that she had to say, and I think that she's inspirational, and I think that it's it's heroic. Mark, you, maybe you're right. Maybe if she'd gotten in front of the grand jury and said, "I don't remember, I don't remember, I don't remember," that they would have you know Worked cut her for loose. Reagan. That they would have cut her loose. It does work for the politicians. You're right. Uh, that maybe they would have cut her loose in that case, and that would have been the end of that. So maybe that would be the best way to handle a situation like this. But to her credit, she didn't roll on her friends, and that's likely what they wanted her to do. Uh, although it's very brave. maybe she didn't even have anything upon which to roll, but she just simply didn't want to go through with the process of being there and answering their questions. And we should be able to remain silent. We shouldn't 
be forced to speak. Because to be forced to speak means you're just their tool, that you you exist for their pleasure, that you exist for their purposes, that you have no autonomy of your own. And she proves that she owns herself. And she took the horrifying punishment that it took to prove that. She's going to be sitting in prison for what could be 18 months. Your thoughts are welcome. It's Free Talk Live. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, consider Keen. Civil disobedience, politics, media, outreach, and social events. Keen has it all. Get connected with video, audio, our forum, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want here. Toll free at 855-453, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we share with you there at freetalklive.com. Those features include our mobile site. If you have a smartphone, m.freetalklive.com is where you can go to get quick access to our live streams, as well as the podcast and the software you'll need to tune into those live streams. Maybe you don't already have that installed on your phone. We've got links there for you. It makes it easy. And you can go to m, as in mobile.freetalklive.com to access that information. That's m.freetalklive.com. If you want to get some bitcoins, and bitcoins are the internet's new money, you'll find find out more about them at weusecoins.org. Go to bitinstant.com. BitInstant.com has more than a million locations in more than 30 countries, and they make it easy for you to get your Bitcoins. Bitcoins are, in my opinion, this is my prediction, going to be one of the most important inventions of this decade. Go check them out. Uh, get some Bitcoins. I recommend getting some Bitcoins now because I believe their, their value is going to only increase. It's bitinstant.com. All right, so we're going to continue here. Uh, we'll take your calls about anything, but just to wrap up some final thoughts on the young lady from the story's from salon.com, but that's certainly not the only place reporting on this, thank goodness. A uh, young lady named Leah Lynn Plant and a couple of her friends, Matt Duran and Katio Olgnik, have been jailed. Uh, Matt and Katio were jailed previous to Leah, and Leah jailed just at the end of last week. Yep. Uh, they're in SeaTac federal maximum security prison in seattle and and what happened to them is just as horrifying as what happened to her but she was able to get a video and some audio out on Mm -hmm. the internet so you can really connect to her yes and she does a good job of it she has some uh, some very uh, i think motivational things to say uh but really i wanted to share this story not because just it's it's outrageous and people need to know about it certainly uh but also because i think that what they did was incredibly brave and that's the one point that we certainly agree on oh, Mark. Yes. uh whether it was her- heroism or not i guess you could say it depends on the larger picture we don't really have all those details but i think it was brave i also think it was it heroic it certainly has all the trappings of heroism right yeah and uh and i think that I hope that people will find her story inspirational because you don't have to – I mean, as Julia pointed out, they could come into your home any old time. It doesn't matter if you're an activist. It doesn't matter if you're a drug dealer. It doesn't matter any of that stuff. They could come come into your home any old time and aggress against you. And who knows what they'll come up with. Uh, You know, Maybe they'll target you for taxes or something like that. They could target you any time they want to, whether you're an activist or not, for whatever reason they want to, and they'll get away with it. So, even and, if it's the wrong – even if it is uh, – I mean it could very well be just a drug raid gone bad. It could it, be. 40,000 drug raids in this country. 
some of them, you know, that means uh, 1% of them are bad. That's 400 bad drug raids um, in this country. There was a story not too long ago about somebody in the liberty movement who uh, was – What's her name? Stacy, I think. Uh, she she rolled over on people. She snitched. Stacy Litz. Yeah, and she was you know relatively known in the Liberty Movement. She uh, was the hot you know like a some she had some kind of a job with one of the Liberty think tank kind of groups, mm-hmm. and you know she was uh, involved right like heavily involved. People knew who she was, and a lot of people were shocked that she would roll over on her own friends. And snitch them it's, out. Well, it's what's worse situation. is that she was shocked that people didn't approve of that. Right. She was trying to make excuses for it and right. uh, and act like she uh, didn't know what to do and that, oh, her lawyer said she should do this. So she would do it as though she had never considered this in the pre- in the past. Like she was allegedly selling uh, LSD to people. And, hey, look, if you're going to sell drugs, there's a good chance somebody's going to roll on you. And you'll end up getting busted and or you'll get set up by uh, some undercover cops or whatever. You'll get busted and then they're going to try to get you to roll on somebody. So maybe you should think in advance whether or not you're what willing to – What am I going to, to do when this happens? Right. Whether or not you're willing to, when under the pressure of facing years in prison perhaps, uh, what you're going to do and how you're going to handle that. And if you're not willing to uh, man up and and you know stay quiet and protect the people that you supposedly care about – then don't get into that business if you can't handle the the pressure. But again, whether or not you're expecting pressure doesn't matter. They can come after you for anything. So you might want to consider this whether or not you're a drug dealer or whether or not you're you know planning some sort of uh, protest or whatever it is you're doing. You might want to consider how you'll handle being interrogated by the police and whether or not you're going to give up information on other peaceful people. You know, it's one thing to tell the police that you know a murderer's hiding somewhere. It's another thing to tell the police somebody's, you know, a drug user or a drug dealer or, you know, they're they're an anarchist or in, whatever. In some of these cases, it appears these informants are just telling people, oh, yes, there's a house on uh, you know Rogers Street at 1114 or whatever it is, just giving some random numbers. I mean, that's how a lot of these mistaken raids occur. So I hope she is inspirational because I know that when people stand up for what they believe in, that inspires me. She's inspirational to me, and I'm hoping that you'll uh, get some of that from her because you can't – I mean, really, are you going to keep your head down for your whole life? Is that what you really want? Because you made that statement earlier, Mark, when I first started this story. I said, well, you know, people are, they just want to get through their lives, and, and I get it. Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want to enjoy a nice life with the people they love, enjoy the wonderful uh, things that we have here in this great, you know, this great place that we live? Uh, it's a very comfortable life in general. But I don't see how you can enjoy those things if you know this stuff is going on. And I don't see how you can do it when you aren't doing anything about it. And I know I'm talking in general, right? Like, so a lot of people listening are doing things, and I appreciate that. Thank you for everything that you do. Uh, even if it's just spreading the word about liberty, that's doing something. But how can anybody stand by and hear about these tragedies and these horrible stories, the grandmothers being shot by the police and mistaken drug raids, dogs being murdered by the cops left and right in any, any kind of encounter, even the cops just being called to someone's house on a, you know, a burglar alarm to murder a dog. There was uh, one instance where they went, were asking for directions. They went to somebody's house and opened the gate up to, to go in, up to the door the and dog. ask for direction and shot the dog. Uh, or you know, innocent ladies like this. Being put in jail cells, prison cells, who haven't harmed anyone else. I mean, how this stuff can just blow by someone who's a human being and they can just ignore it? 
and just say to themselves, oh, well, I don't break the law, so it won't ever happen to me. Oh, she must be a bad person. She must be a lawbreaker. There's a reason they're putting her in prison. I mean, to just ignore all of it and to just go about your life, I think that's 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 pathetic. Well, I think opinion. in a lot of cases, people aren't necessarily ignoring all of that. Not everybody has the same exposure to all of these stories as sure. the three of us do. You know, like mm-hmm. we I mean, I read these stories every single day. I see this in my Facebook news feed and, and um, you know, various sites that I feed, that I look at. But someone like my mom, I don't think that she would have any idea that this kind of stuff happens regularly because she just watches the news and they don't report on this yeah. kind of stuff. So she might see something like this once and say, oh, well, she might have done something wrong. But she doesn't have the same perspective or the, you know, or the same information that the three of us do. So it's really just ignorance. It's not, you know, I don't think it makes you a bad person. I, I agree. If you're ignorant, that's one thing. But if you know it's going on, and you do nothing about it, then I think that that's really embarrassing. Like, you well, are not you, there's a, only a good so much, human being. There's only so much that somebody can get, can do, and each everybody has their own threshold, right? Yeah. So, I mean, this is the this is the formula that gets you, Ian, put in jail because you say, "Well, I need to do more. I need to do more. I need to do more. Yeah, Otherwise, right. I'm a coward." And that's the story you tell yourself: is I've got to do more, or I'm a coward. I got to do more, or I'm a coward. And I. I think that people should, certainly should speak up when they see things going wrong. Speak up? How about stop paying taxes? That's something you can do. I mean, wouldn't it be nice to not— It's a powerful position, Wouldn't isn't it? it be nice to not pay the bill for this woman to be locked in prison, to actually not have that blood on your hands, so to speak? Okay. Now, I understand where you're coming from, and I would love to get to a point where I'm not paying taxes. Mm-hmm. But at this point in time, I am paying taxes. Right. I have to work. I have to yeah, feed myself. Let's call them income taxes just to make, make How about clear. business owners, though? They could stop collecting the taxes. Like if your business, if the owner of your business that you work for. I'm just not sure that I agree with too. your pompous, I'm so much better than you I'm not because saying you I'm still better. pay taxes I'm not attitude. saying I'm better than you. I'm just saying, wouldn't it be nice to not have the blood on your hands? I would love that, right. but it's just not an option for me Eight, right now. 855-453. If the business owner that you work for said, I'm no longer going to be withholding taxes. If you want to pay them, it's on you. What would you do then? I wouldn't pay them. Excellent. 855-453. The SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up what you want in the remaining moments of Free Talk Live, which are next. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. It's my firm belief that Free Talk Live's AMP program is the best use of your charitable dollar among liberty-oriented organizations. Support all the organizations you love. But make sure you give five bucks a month to AMP at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up what you want in the remaining moments here at 855-453. Toll-free number 1-855-450-3733. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. If you enjoy the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, you can AMP. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is that uh, you send in five bucks a month. We take that money in, invest it into Free Talk Live, get on more radio stations around the country, and bring more internet listeners on board, exposing new people to the ideas of freedom, because darn it, that's important. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And we've been talking about uh, the tragic story of activists in the Northwest 
who have been imprisoned because they wouldn't go in front of a grand jury and, and testify or answer questions. Uh, they used their supposed right to remain silent, and for that uh, effort, they have been put in a prison cell for something like eight, what could be 18 months. And I was just talking about how inspirational I found this young lady and her statement that she made before going to prison that she she could have like you know walked away from this. She could have just gone in front of the grand jury and answered whatever their questions were and given up whatever information they wanted from her. They'd granted her immunity, and she could have just walked away from it. But she didn't. She stood up for what she really believed in, and she put her personal freedom on the line. And it brings me to the question of what is it going to take for you to put your personal freedom on the line? You don't have to. You can keep going through life and, you know, enjoying the bread and circuses and not paying attention to what go, what's going on around you and all the people like this young lady and her friends that are being aggressed against and put in prison, not to mention the, oh, I don't know, 1.5 million peaceful drug users that are also being locked up on a regular basis every single year in this country. You can just ignore all of that. You can ignore the murdering of the innocent people in the in the middle east by the u.s military and just all the terrible things so that are going you're, on. you just said that if you don't put your personal freedom on the line that you are ignoring all of that i think that people should stand up for uh, for the freedoms of others yeah i think it's really important like if you want to be free in your life that uh, you should stand up for what others you know for those people's freedoms but and you can live the life the definition with- of stand up uh, well, it, it could mean different things, right? Like, you don't have to go all the way and, you know, put everything on the line. But putting something on the line would be nice. You know, taking some level of risk, putting yourself out there. I mean, there was a guy that I was talking to over the weekend who I like a lot, personally. Uh, but he was telling me how scared he was. And he's not even doing anything of any, you know, like, public aspect like he's not speaking out publicly he's not even writing letters to the editor as far as uh what he's doing he's doing some behind the scenes activism sort of helping out with with things quietly and he's scared to do anything more than that like would be scared to even maybe run a political campaign and it's because they're scary and they do horrible things to people that uh, that step forward and, and put it put something on the line and yeah you can keep going through life uh just you know living life day to day to day and trying to enjoy it as much as you possibly can and and there's a good life out there if if that's what you want to do and if that's what's important to you that's fine but if it's upsetting to you to see other people aggressed against then i would ask what's it going to take to get you to have at least a portion of the courage that this woman did and be willing to take a risk for freedom there's no answer to the question. Yeah, I, it's I your own personal. It's your own personal journey, right? You know, I, I sit in here and I talk, do a talk show with a, a guy who who you know goes on the air at least at least once a week. You must say I don't pay income taxes, right? I don't know if it's once a week, but certainly often enough, you often say, enough, often enough, you say that. And you know your stand for liberty is huge. I have a family and, you know, believe in, you know, believe that Free Talk Live, the voice of this radio program is extraordinarily important. And if for whatever reason you're disappeared again um, from, from last week's incident and uh, you know, you're disappeared again because you haven't paid income taxes or whatever the reason is, it's not like you haven't been put in that somebody has to run this. So I, you know, it's it. It's difficult for me to to think that you've got this strong position and that I'm not as willing to make those uh, those choices because I think it's a strong position and I'm not going to find anything wrong with it. Um, but at the same time, yeah, you know, the reason I 
continue to pay income taxes, and I think that the most people continue to pay income taxes. Actually, I don't pay income taxes. I do uh, file my IRS return, but I've um, you know, not met the threshold. Uh, anyway, the you know the reason I do that is fear. It's fear. I'd prefer not yeah. to fill out that form. Admitting that you have the fear is a is a good you know important thing to do. I think a lot of people have it, and uh, I have it. You know, I'm scared of uh, sometimes of what they do, but I try to put those thoughts out of my mind and focus more on positive things and focus more on what can I do to make a difference. Because you know, I'm not here to just suck air and eat food and crap until I die. Like I'm here to be as free as possible and help others do that as well. And if that means that I have to take some personal risk and put my own freedom on the line in order to help other people understand, hey, look, that guy on the radio can do it. Maybe I can do it. Uh, Then I'm willing to do that. And I understand that by coming out, like simply by coming on the air and talking about liberty and talking about how government is aggression, I mean, you're threatening the status quo. You're already at risk. You understand? You, by virtue of being here behind that microphone, are already at risk. If they decided they wanted to shut down dissenters tomorrow, we'd be on that list. So they could very well come in if they decided they didn't like Free Talk Live or that we were having too much of an effect because we're not really a big show. I mean, we're not really you know, out there in any sort of significant We're not fashion. in the top ten radio programs no. in America. So if they decided tomorrow they wanted to come and get you for something, they could figure out some reason to do it. And even if they didn't have a good reason, they'd do it anyway like they did with Bradley Manning and lock you up for years. So – Once you get to the point where you realize they already are threatening you and that you've already put it on the line, it's no no matter to continue on. You have to get over the idea that it's defeating that fear that is so important. And that's why I wanted to share this lady's story because she's – you know, despite experiencing the fear, she stood up to it and she she faced it and now she's going to prison for it. And I think it's incredibly inspirational because if everybody who felt the way we did would do something about it and stand up and refuse to obey and refuse to pay into this system, it would be a huge change. It would be huge. Yeah, you're absolutely right. If 50,000 people said, I'm not paying income taxes, they wouldn't be able to do anything about it. They'd come after a few. They'd try to make a, you know, they'd they'd try to make some kind of uh, example of them. But. All in all, they wouldn't be able to do much. And she touches on that when she says they want you to feel alone. They want you to feel alone. They want you to be afraid. So you'll do what they say. And that's why getting together is more important. Is one of the most important things you can do. Go to freestateproject.org. Whether you're ready to stand up and go you know, to the mat or not, you can still do less risky things. You can run for political office. You can you know, write letters to the editor. You can work behind the scenes. But getting together with other people who get what freedom is, who are willing to step up and you know, take a little bit of risk supporting those people – there's, there's roles for everybody. Not everybody has to go to the wall and be, you know, Derek J with a victimless crime spree. But to do something, to not just sit well, there and Well, in this particular case, she was uh, attacked, basically. She's on the defense. They brought it to her. Right. And I can't, I can't say that I would react differently if I were in that situation. But I, you know, I'm somebody who currently I pay taxes and I mean, I have a job and I don't have a choice and I'm not going to quit my job just so that I can be so principled that I don't pay taxes no, because not. I want to have a nice life and well, I don't right. I mean, have all the things I would I'm like to have. I'm not saying don't enjoy life. I'm not saying don't enjoy you know the life that we have. But I am saying that if other people are being aggressed against, maybe there's something you could do that you're not doing. That's all. I'm not saying you're not doing anything, Julia, because you certainly are. Um, and I'm not saying that you, the listener, aren't doing anything. I don't know you. But maybe there's something that you're not doing that you want to do that you're not doing because you're afraid. That's what I'd like you to get over, is the fear. 
Just try it. Try taking a little bit of risk. Let's go to Phil listening in San Jose. You're on Free Talk Live. Phil. Oh, yeah. I'm on the radio? You are. Go ahead. Uh, I just wanted to bring some information. Let me turn my radio down. It's always uh, a good idea. Uh, I guess not. Anyway, are you familiar with the United Universal Code that they use, the government uses? Are you talking about the Universal Commercial Code? Yes. Uh, yes? What about it? Well, that's how they control all of us through that... Uh, that's a, it's a, in my opinion, a ridiculous conspiracy theory. I wish we had more time to get into it. You're welcome to call another night when we aren't right, you know, wrapping up the show, and we could talk more about the UCC and these theories that people have about how all you have to do is cite UCC section one three oh seven, and then the government will leave you alone. Well, I've tried that stuff, and it doesn't work. Have you tried that? Well, I got there. I got there. The American Sovereign Bulletin. and they talk about that. Okay, but you haven't actually tried it. I've been reading their books. Right. I'm trying to get into it. But. You know, Phil, let us know how it works out for you. If you actually do try it, we'd appreciate hearing a follow-up call, and thank you for the call tonight. Lisa is with us listening in New Hampshire. Go ahead, try it. It won't work, I guarantee you. If it does, I'd love to hear the story and see the evidence, the proof that it actually did work. Lisa, you're on Free Talk Live. I'm calling about the fact that when you do take a stand and you get involved in speaking out or a peaceful protest or even filing a sex harassment lawsuit then everything becomes a matter of public record. And the Internet these days basically is able to pull up when you put somebody's name in all this negative stuff about the person in terms of what they have done. And then it can be tough to get a job. Lisa, I'd love to hear more about your story. If you want to give us a call tomorrow night right at the beginning of the show, 7 o'clock Eastern time, we'd love to hear from you and continue this discussion at that time. We'll see you tomorrow night, freetalklive.com. Hi, I'm Richard Grove of TragedyandHope.com, and thanks to the help of Mark and Ian here on Free Talk Live, we've created this call to action to help raise awareness for John Taylor Gatto. In 2001, former New York City and State School Teacher of the Year, John Taylor Gatto, published The Underground History of American Education, detailing how public schooling creates obedient workers and debt slaves. Now John delivers a message which he calls your birthright. It's titled The Ultimate History Lesson, and it's a five-hour journey illustrating how and why our public schools are dumbing us down and what we can do about it. Therein referencing more than 200 footnotes and 30 classic texts. John suffered multiple strokes in the weeks after filming this interview, and he's in need of your help as he continues to recover. Please click the banner on freetalklive.com and enter the coupon code FTL and we'll send you the ultimate history lesson on four DVDs plus a free 15-hour MP3 bonus DVD. Thank you for tuning in and not dropping out. 